I don't know what is worse, the the crypto dip, the great dipping of 2022 or the inner Miami dip because it just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping with no sign of a floor or a bottom to hit before we can we can bounce back up. It's going to be what looks to be a very, very painful season. It's kind of like that dream you have where you, you you think you're falling out of bed and you just keep falling and falling and you're praying for that floor to wake you up and the floor is not coming and it just it just gets more painful as we go on. It's it's really hard to get up, wake up, be excited to jump in here to talk about pain and misery, but here we are. Yeah, but the, you'll see the only difference is that at least that dream ends. <laughs> you know, and now we're just what seems to be uh, just a horrible, horrible uh, season coming on board. And, uh, you know, I know, man, I, I know that we were talking about how we're level-headed, but uh, it's certainly not helping Phil's case. We're going to get into all of this, but welcome, everyone, to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, joined by Mr. Than Harrington. How are you doing, buddy? What's new? Not a lot, man. Just uh, living life. Uh doing my thing glad to be back here with you back in the studio good batter and different it's always a good time when we're together yeah it makes it more bearable but uh you're you know you're right it's uh it's a whole nother beast just finding the the motivation to to be excited when it's just loss after loss after loss i mean to be fair we did get one draw but definitely um not not anywhere near uh near come competitive rather and uh you know here's the good news buddy we get a we get a week off because we've got World Cup qualifiers, so we can watch some uh, better, more uh, well-rounded footy on the television. And uh, the good part about this is we are guaranteed to not have any pain or tears this weekend. Which is, uh, well, I might, I might have pain on Saturday. We'll, we'll get into that, but there hopefully won't be any tears. But uh, yeah, man, it'll be hopefully a nice way for everyone to kind of regroup and hopefully try and work some things out to uh, to come back a, a little bit competitive. But, of course, uh, you know, we're talking about the Cincinnati game here. The perennial worst team in the league, the three-time wooden spoon winner, should be four times, but they did not award it during the COVID pandemic year. And now it's like Freaky Friday. And uh, 
we're we're Lindsay Lohan and they were Jamie Lee Curtis and you know we were the younger team uh, and now we're just trapped in an old ugly body no, no no shade to Jamie Lee Curtis but you know an older body that we certainly don't want to be in as we are now uh, bottom of the East and I think uh, what tied for worst in the in the league so <laughs> there I guess you can only go up but we're about to test that. Yeah, I mean, thank God we're not following English or, you know, any European rules here because we would be sublime relegation candidates at this point. And quite honestly, we might even be sublime relegation candidates for Division Two. So <laughs> the only way to go is up, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just I waiting for, like, to hear the news that, like, Don Garber called back and was like, look, man, we're, we're just going to fold – we're going to fold the program. We're going to give it to, uh, you know, Wichita. Wichita really needs a, an MLS team, and, uh, you know, they're probably going to do better than, than you guys are. It really does hurt to see, really, the the newer – we've already talked about. We've kicked the dead horse over and over with, uh, with the Nashville, talking about the pain there. But it really does hurt to see Austin coming out, having a better record, seeing Charlotte come out this weekend, get their first win, have a better record. And I mean, I get the sanctions, right? We've all said, you know, we need to kind of take that into account this year for this team. And as long as we can be competitive uh, in some aspects or, or get some wins here or there, or we, we will be excited. But even with all that in mind, man, this is just a really pitiful, pitiful showing from, uh, from the team. Uh, no real cohesion. Uh, you know, we lost 3-1. Uh, there was a second there I was like, damn, I'm, I'm actually going to get the score right. Uh, you know, two weeks in a row. I thought there was a solid chance we could tie it up 2-2, and then that was uh, was quickly ripped out. So I'm actually going to gonna pass the the closest, kind of the price is right here, right? We're going to go with the uh, the closest prediction to that, and that would be you, sir, because you said 3-0. to zero. And when you take into account our only goal was from a penalty, you know, 3-0 from the run of play, man, you're, you're pretty spot on there. I mean, a lot of you guys laughed. You know who you are. You're like, nah, man, three, no way, not three zero, not three zero. And I was sitting on my couch after the second goal, going, mm hmm, uh huh, mm -hmm. keep talking. Mm -hmm. You know, and to be fair, like we had no business being out there. I mean, I know we're about to get into it, but since he made us look, I mean, it's gonna be harsh, but they made us look like child's play at time. Like they were just kind of running around doing what they wanted. It was like. It was like FIFA on rookie, like yeah. on, on like rookie mode. And you're like, they, they could have tore us apart for more. So I think three, one is a good, is a good result as much as a bad result can be a good result. Cause it could have been a lot worse. Well, when we get to the positive sections, which we know are uh, <laughs> going to be a very narrow, very, very quick, uh, quick segment for us. We can, we can discuss that, but uh, start us off here, man. Big, big change. Um, I was, I think, driving down to me to, to go to to go to Alex's uh, new house. I was able to check out his new house that he's able to finally move into after like a whole year ordeal of, of not being able to move in there yet. And uh, I saw your text. And it was just like, Drake's in goal. And we, yeah, man, we, we knew what that was. But I was trying to be positive. And I was like, what, what if Drake wins man of the match? <laughs> oh, man, was I wrong. But go ahead and start us off. Yeah, so I was I was in the living room getting ready for the game. I, I'll, I'll always remember this. And, you know, Lucy, she watches the games a little bit, but she's not like a super fan. And I was sitting in the living room going, God damn it, 
Drake is in goal. It's my worst fear. And she goes, then why are you even watching this? She knows how I feel about Drake. Uh, but for the first time, listeners out here, Drake Calendar, uh, I've been talking about him for, what, probably two years now at this point, yep. where I, I, I don't rate him as a keeper. Uh, I don't have a problem with him as a person, but he's not our keeper for the future. And this preseason where he let those two howlers in, I was saying he's not our keeper. Folks, we're still saying let's give him the benefit of the doubt. It's only the preseason. And he let a pretty bad goose egg in. I mean, let's be honest here. Like, he, he looked lost. He looked like he – I mean, honestly – if Diop wasn't a late scratch, I think we would have been in this game if Diop would have been in goal. For, for not as bad as 3-1. But some of the mistakes that Drake made, they're like they're borderline unforgivable. I mean, I know we'll get into how the goals are scored here in a bit, but he put the back line into bad positions to have to cover and bail him out. Um you know, like I forget which coach it was. I know it was for I think it was for Green Bay. He is who we th- thought he was mm-hmm. you know like that that's that's the old quote he is who we thought he was and he just I don't, I don't see how he gets back into the first team barring something super unfortunate happening to our entire goalkeeper roster after this uh but you know diop's out for six to eight weeks so we're gonna find out real quick yeah and so the, like just like the term late scratch right that's usually like maybe something's just slightly off so we're just gonna hold him back but i mean this turns out to be a pretty significant injury especially considering we're waiting on Marsman to come back, and I think it was what after the Chicago game they said it was going to be a few more weeks. So I mean, we need him to come back ASAP. All fingers crossed, we can get him back for the Houston game with the you know additional week off. I guess it kind of works out as far as the timing goes. But I think at this point we're going to have to move on to to CJ and see what what CJ has because, uh, yeah, Drake. Uh, I don't I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be disrespectful to him, right? Like as a person, you've done nothing wrong, but. You're just not that guy, pal. No, and especially, like, and I, I roasted him pretty bad in the Discord, and everybody was expecting it. But I think the thing that drove me nuts is after having a horrible game, I would stay off social media. And, like, three days later, Drake is on his Instagram or Twitter or whatever it was posting a juggling video. Like, hey, guys, look what I can do. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't He couldn't save one ball, but he juggled three. I don't know. The, the big <laughs> The big thing that I took away from that late scratch, quote unquote, it was almost like Phil knew this was going to happen and he didn't want to pour any more gasoline under the fire that's slowly lighting underneath his seat mm-hmm. by letting the fan base have more time to attack him. He's hoping, hey, maybe Calendar will bail me out and boy, that backfire pretty quickly. So, yeah, I agree with you. CJ's got to gotta go or got to have a shot. Mm-hmm. But it also magnifies the loss of, and as much as I wasn't for him either, he would have been better losing Castanera on the offseason. This is a big – it shows the, the the difference in quality between what we had compared to what we have now coming up. Hopefully CJ does better for us. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as far as kind of just overall, you know, midfield and, and moving the ball around the pitch, just more of the same, man. We're really unable to link together more than like two or three forward passes at a time and very, very disjointed play. Uh, and we keep seeing this, like, like the majority of the passing that we're doing is between the back line and our goalkeeper, whoever that be, whoever our goalkeeper is. It's just this, all we can do. That's like the, 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 the most efficient we are at passing 
It's just going back and forth between the goalkeeper and the back line and then across the back line and then back to the goalkeeper. We cannot move the ball effectively into the attacking third for the life of us. It is absolutely painful to watch, especially considering that, you know, I think the vast, vast majority of our listeners, you know, I, I can speak for both of us. We have, we have uh, big boy teams that we, we like in one of the, the power five leagues, right? Like the EPL, La Liga, Bundesliga, uh, League One in France and, um, you know, the, like the, the Serie A, the Italian league, right? So we watch actual stud professional players on the weekend. And then we, in turn, watch Inter Miami that same week. And like the contrast is just so drastic, especially between whoever your 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 big dog club is and Inter Miami. It's probably easier for like a Nashville fan or like a Seattle, right? That at least their teams are are effective and can put together some, some pretty play, but you know, we were reverting back to this, just lob the ball over top, just try and kick it up, hope for the best. Um, you know, it, it, we're, we can't, I'd be surprised if I could, we could ever see a goal where all uh, 10 of our outfielders are touching the ball. I mean, even 11, if you want to include the goalkeeper, but we can't just, we can't just keep lobbing the ball up, skipping the midfield and hoping that, you know, a, a, a Campana or, going and get to the ball because they're not speedsters. You know, maybe if we were, you know, rocking with, with solely our, you know, our, our wingers, we might be able to, but just this, I feel like Phil is so set on this system, maybe a more European style play that that system doesn't translate to the MLS, but even more so you're not utilizing the talent that you have. And I think that's, what's probably becoming uh, the most painful. I know we make some changes and in the second half, we typically get to see, uh, you know, our speedsters, but um, something's got to give man. Cause this just is getting painful. Yeah. I mean, it might be good for your power five team. Cause I know Chelsea's Chelsea's flying, but this is the exact same way that United's playing right now. And it's just headache on Saturdays twice or one day, Saturday, one day, Sunday, it's just headaches all around for me, but you know, hopefully Phil gets it figured out. Uh, one thing he didn't figure out was how to contain Brandon Vasquez. I mean, they, you, you could have, should have known once uh, Brenner wasn't starting that Vasquez was going to have some sort of role to play. I mean, even the most casual fan who had limited stats on what Cincinnati has done so far this year probably could have picked that out. And it was, there was nowhere to be found. It, like, honestly, I would, I would have picked one person to, to man Mark Vasquez to at least follow him, shadow him, be the guy to stop him. Uh, and it started off early. You know, the first Cincinnati goal, uh, there was way too many backs from our defenders to the wingers, re resulting in a free run of play to Vasquez. And in turn, he cut into the box and found Matarita on the left wide open. I mean, absolutely wide open. He could have parked his vehicle on the pitch, got out, locked it, and then walked the ball ball at least another five feet and struck the ball in the back of the net. And I said, okay, first goal jitters, the pressure's on the team, mm -hmm. is what it is, we'll see. But then the second goal was, honest to God, the flip side of the first goal. You know, we failed, we failed to close down Matarita, allowed for the cross into the box, and here comes Vasquez. 
Vasquez honestly reminded me of watching an NBA crossover. Like Vasquez lost low. Low had no clue where he was. He was stumbling all over his feet. And and Vasquez dunked in a header. It was it was unfortunately pretty play to watch because you knew it was shredding your own team apart. Mm-hmm. But as an overall soccer fanatic and you know I I appreciated it. As much as it sucks to say, I appreciate it because it was beautiful play. I wish at some point we get to that level. Yeah. I mean, he kind of put the league on notice. And if I'm not mistaken, that's two goals in in back-to-back games. So four goals in in two games. I mean, hell, that would be the, that would have been the player to pick up on uh, MLS fantasy there. But yeah. And, you know, it's, it's strange because like we're, we're seeing like little improvements, right? Like I I think Phil's starting to get it right. That we go with four at the back, but this four, two, Three one, but like you've got Taylor and and Gene Mota as as your starting wingers. Why not Emerson? Why not Lassiter? Why not use the speedsters? I'd honestly rather see Taylor or even Mota playing a ten. Like I think it's at some point we need to to at least have Gonzalo come off the bench to see what it would look like without him, and then have him come on for the final 25, 30 minutes to to see if he can make an impact, but. I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a coach and I don't, I don't have a, a coaching pedigree outside of, of FIFA, but I always believe that you need to play your best players in the positions where they can shine the brightest. And I'm not sure that Phil is really um, understanding that. And, and I think the seat's only going to get, you know, hotter and hotter on that. But, you know, the good news is, you know, we went two down and then we were able to, to come back with, with a goal, albeit from a penalty, but Yedlin was able to, uh, you know, really drive up the right-hand side, get in the box, got tackled in there. Uh, you know, pretty pretty cut-and-dry penalty, honestly. You know, no, no, I don't think there's any controversy of that. But this is what I think we were all excited about from Yedlin, is that he can use his speed to get you penalties once he gets up in there. Because he's a, he's a quick, quick dude. He's still got it. So we go to the spot. Gonzalo, uh, you know, puts it away. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous watching that penalty. For some reason, I was a little nervous. And then Alex and I put a bet on, you know, make or miss. And, uh, you know, I, I did, I did just, just to have fun with it. And, I, you know, I said, oh, I'm definitely taking, you know, the stats are obviously in the, the penalty taker's favor. So I, I did take that bet. I did win. But uh, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was nervous about it. I honestly thought you know, maybe Gonzalo would make a statement after Phil had been trashing him all week and maybe just miss it and turn around and look at the bench and throw his hands up in the air and jog <laughs> down the field. Like, and, and I know that sucks to say, but like I believed with at least 50% fiber of my being, like I was like, oh no, he might just do something here mm-hmm. because to him, what's the matter? Um, you know, great that he put it away. I didn't, I didn't cheer. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not. I've never been a real big Gonzalo fan. Um, I was more happy for the fact that Yedlin, like you already covered, moved, made that cut, showed that he might not have fifth gear, but he's got the you know one through four, and he's mm-hmm. still gonna put the league through its paces when it has to cover him. So, you know, it's definitely a great move by him. We need to see more of it. We need more players like it. Um, but yeah, the, the happiness was short lived. Uh, once again, uh, we decided that we weren't gonna. Sh- closed down Matarita and we allowed for another cross. And unfortunately my boy Noah got exposed. Uh, Vasquez jumped over him like uh, Vince Carter in the Olympics <laughs> and dunked in another goal, man. It was, again, it was pretty ball. Uh, and, you know, I want to take this, I want to take this moment real quick and, and call out some folks. 
the kid is still a teenager. Yeah. You have to understand there's going to be growing pains, but you also have to understand the kid is talented. He has USU 18, 16, whatever it is, call-ups. He is very clearly you know, an up-and-coming star, but you can't just call for him to be yanked off the field and never see the, the field of play again after two bad games. If we did that with everybody, we'd never see another player out in the field. So, yeah. Well, he's for only those, five nine. You know. Well, yeah, absolutely. Matt, but, you know. <laughs> Vasquez is 6'3". <six>, <laughs> like, that's a, I wouldn't even blame him for maybe getting exposed. That's just, I mean, you're not going to win that that aerial battle. Right, but, you know, as soon as that happens, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, oh, no, Alan, he's not worth anything, da, 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 blah, 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 yeah. you know, relax. Give the kid a chance. Mm-hmm. I promise you, I, I was right about him before. I promise you he'll be fine. Just give him a chance. Um, but, you know, after that third goal, the the air fully deflated out of the squad. That was that, man. I mean, it was pretty much all she wrote after that. Yeah. I mean, stat-wise, uh Pretty like you know, even based stats. I mean, Cincinnati had forty nine and a half percent possession. We had fifty point five percent possession. So I mean, basically equal. They did uh they did get off fifteen shots. We were able to get off thirteen. But the big difference here is they had six shots on goal, and out of thirteen shots, we were able to only put two on goal. And keep in mind, I believe the penalty factors into that as well. So I mean, you know, if you miss that, like you're, you're just a you're just a scrub. Pass wise. We had more passes, you know, but just not effective passes. 420 to 412 accuracy, both, you know, basically at 81%. Uh, we had three corners. They didn't. They had, you know, some more crosses, offsides weren't, weren't bad. Duels won. They did win more duels, 67 to R55. Um, you know, but outside of that, like really nothing crazy. We did have 19 fouls, but you know how we do it. We like to, you know, we like to get our cards up. And both teams had, had three yellow cards. So, you know, to see something, you know, that even and lose 3-1, it, it's going to be tough. Um, as far as, like, the, you know, kind of the difference between the, the – Cincinnati was much more balanced in their attack, I'd say. They did prefer the left side, but it's pretty even between the left, middle, and right side, whereas we were, were very heavy. Um, you know, we're, almost 50% of our of our attacks were coming down the right side with, with barely any through the middle and, and barely any on the on the left side. So – you know, we're, we're not a balanced team. It seems like we come in with one game plan, uh, stick to it, even if it's not working, right? Just, just, it's, it's, it's getting really, really, uh, really tough to watch. And I mean, you know, we, we love this team and we put ourselves through pain because we are, we are masochist and we hope that, you know, one day we're going to see the, the turnaround, like what could happen. I don't want to jinx Cincinnati, but you know, they're looking like, this could be the season they, they really turn around. And I mean, honestly, if they can keep up this rate, have a very, very good shot of getting into the playoffs. So uh, we'll see. But man, Phil has got some work to do. So what positive? I mean, go ahead. If you, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, if anybody figures out how to properly contain Yedlin and we're forced to go to the opposite side of the field, you know, Phil's going to have to react a hell of a lot faster than than what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. And it, we, we've we already proven we can't drive anything up the middle. Our left-hand side is is so you know, wishy-washy, depending on who we start at our left back. I mean, 
it's I hate to say it, but Phil's going to have a real conundrum if something happens where Yedlin does get shut down. I don't see how we're able to get up the field and score, like to, to score, mm-hmm. because we, as we already covered, we're trying to lob the ball to Gonzalo, and he's not really fighting for much. Com, uh, Campana's getting thrown off the ball. I don't know, man. It's it's disheartening. It is. I mean, we can keep going on, beat this dead horse left, right, up, down, whatever, but yeah. it's concerning. As a fan who knows, like not as a casual fan, as, as two fans here who know the game in and out, to see all the intelligence in the front office, in the coaching staff, and on the field of this game, and they can't even string together three passes, it, it's really alarming. It is. Well, I mean – you know, I, I think there's a, a lot of blame here that you, you could put on Bill, but at the same time, there's a lot of blame you could put on the players. There were a lot of a lot of individual errors out there that, that needs to be cleaned up. I mean, we were talking about professional athletes, and it feels like we were watching a, a Sunday league team play. It's uh, it's getting embarrassing, man. And, you know, I, <laughs> let's move on. What what are some positives? Can you can you can we extrapolate any positives from this? I'm going to repeat what I said last week. I believe it was last week. Robbie Taylor, man, he is he is a dog out there. He's an absolute dog. He's he's getting in people's faces. He's not afraid to challenge you. He'll push you off on the touchline. You know, he'll 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 attack. He reminds me of what Gregory was last year. And I'm not saying Gregory's lost a step. I'm not saying that he's not the same he was last year, but the intensity mm-hmm. that he had is now to Robert Taylor. I don't know that pit bull if he's just, yeah. And I don't know if he's up, like bummed out or upset as how the team's performing. And that's why Gregory hasn't been his normal self. But if those two get on the same wavelength and they, they just patrol the park, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch in that aspect. I agree. I would, I would like to see Robbie Taylor as our 10. I would like to see Gonzalo on the bench uh, or, you know, even I'll even let, you know, Gonzalo start up as a, as a number nine, you know, in his true position, but have Taylor pull the strings, have Emerson or Robbie on the, the left side and have Lasseter on the right side. Let's just come out firing with, with, with our best players, our speedsters on the field, because you know, like G mode has not been bad or, or anything like that, but Lassiter can burn you. And if you have, if we're going to favor this right side, then why not just have Lassiter up there and let Yedlin and Lassiter cause havoc on that right side. But I agree with you uh, outside of that, there, there really weren't uh, any, you know, positives to take away. And here we go again. You know, you can f- tell Phil's getting agitated in his post game. He said he was, you know, extremely disappointed. He's disappointed with the players and, and, you know, I'm not really sure as a coach, uh, you should just come out right away, guns blazing, throwing the, the the players under the bus, especially when you have zero winning uh, coaching pedigree behind you. Um, you know, before we get into this, I've started to see some articles pop up about uh, about replacing Neville. And they're not really, you know, U.S.-based outlets. These are coming from England, right? And I was just, some of them had like hundreds of comments and I was just scrolling and everyone was ripping Neville apart as being a horrible coach uh, that he only got the job because he's David's, you know, buddy that he was handled or handed a a competitive and well-oiled England women's national team. And he made it worse. And it was only once he left that they were able to get competitive again, that both the Neville brothers are horrible. They're arrogant. uh, They think they're good. They're not. And I was just in there and I'm like, 
I want to try and stay positive, but game by game by game, if we don't start winning, I mean, all the fans are going to turn on you, especially if you just come out and throw the fans, I mean, the, the players under the bus, like, like you, like none of it's your fault, right? Yeah, no, and I, I've read some of those same articles. And I'll be honest, the one name that popped up that I was kind of, I was kind of laughing at was uh, Roy Keane, baby. Roy Keane is possible replacement to Neville. And I started imagining in my head, like, Gonzalo getting in Keane's face and Keane just putting his studs in the Gonzalo's face and benching him for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and maybe that's something that the team needs a little more of an authoritarian, like, no, this is how we're doing it. Stop with the drama. Let's go. Uh, but, you know, I also saw names like uh, Roberto Carlos and Bruce Arena. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Bruce is going anywhere, but we can speculate till the cows come home. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. Phil is our coach until Hendo and Beckham say, no, we're done. So at this point, trying to stay positive, you know, we're being positive. You know, at least we have a, you know, a coach. We're not actively trying to shop around, have an interim that the uh, players don't respect as it is. It would be like a substitute teacher situation where then everything's going to go to shit real quick because they know they don't have to respect an interim manager. At least with Phil, they have to have some semblance of respect. I'm not saying it's high, but it's also not zero. You know what I mean? I mean, I'd be more of an seeing Jason Christ, <laughs> you know, the assistant coach take over. Uh, you know, if, if we did get to that point where, you know, Neville is removed from his seat, I, I'm not a fan of, of, of coaches that were defenders. I think that the, the top coaches out there in the world are either midfielders, wingers, or, or attackers. I don't think that, you know, you build a team around defense when we don't really have stud defensive players, you know, we're, we're trying to build that and it just doesn't work. But, you know, he said he had a game plan that the, they failed to execute, you know, like, come on, it's it just, it, it I feel like you should. He should be accepting some more of this uh, himself. You know, expected bumps. We get that. Can't be distracted. They need to focus. Uh, you know, all, all good for that. I mean, here's a positive that we did miss that that he did mention to his credit. Like we got Gibbs back, which was which is much much needed on that left side. And uh, you know, Duke got in some action. Uh, we are actually going to talk a little bit later uh, about Bryce Duke and and continuing his uh, you know development and everything. But uh, this team, I mean. It's tough. It's tough. And he's saying they need to improve on the basics of football. Well, that's on you, dude. You're the one running the the training sessions. You need to get these players where you want them to be. You can't just it, – it, I don't know. I'm starting to get an agitated, arrogant sense from him, and, and I really uh, don't don't like it. You're blaming the, the composure of the players. Um, you know, so we can't keep a hold of the ball. Well, then run some uh, – you know, run some, some possession drills. What, what's the – what what Johan Cruyff invent that Pep mastered uh, the Rondi Rondo or whatever the box system is that made Barcelona so effective at passing? Uh, may, maybe we need to just switch it up uh, and get into that. But overall, you know, he needs better quality. He expects a team to be able to pick out passes and executes. Um, you know, he said he felt that the team was capitalizing on changing tides with the penalty miss, but uh, continued to call out the lack of, of of quality and expects the team to work harder and. He's, you know, says he thinks they're different in training when they're in the games. And, you know, we're about to run into a, you know, the international period where we're having six players that are going to go away on international duty and they're going to, 
you know, there's, those legs are going to feel exhausted, you know, playing three games in what the, the week and a half period or whatever. So there's a, a solid chance, you know, we're not having Yedlin at, at full capacity, which I think is, is, is probably, uh, you know, the, the, the scariest one, um, you know, but I, I don't know, man. He says we need to focus on the, the bonds and building the relationships. Like, dude, this all falls on you. And I really don't like that. All the blame seems to be shifted just on the players with such like an aggressive attitude about it. I'm going to be honest. When I was listening to his press conference, it reminded me of when I asked Riley to do something and he doesn't want to do it. So he starts saying and, and giving reasons to every little thing, why he can't or doesn't want to do it. And at the same time, I'm just like, you were hired to do this job. Mm-hmm. I, I have been a defender of his because he's a United player i watched growing up he was on the pitch he he did well he wasn't the superstar like everybody else around him but he did well Mm -hmm. and i want him to to succeed but he's not taking the steps he needs to at least in my mind or in our minds to win to succeed and to be the coach he was brought in to be and it just it it's frustrating i'm not sitting here calling for his head i mean I, i don't think it's the right time but i think it's getting closer than we we all originally thought to be honest with you. I think it is as well. I think the fact that he hasn't really ever had a winning pedigree in coaching is, is starting to get exposed. I think the fact that he was not even, I'd say in our top five choices uh, of coaches uh, is something to be said as well. Um, seems like, you know, they want to get these, you know, Gallardo, you know, from, uh, from river plate or uh, I mean, there was a, an, an arsenal arsenal of them in, we landed on Alonzo. Say what you want. I still think we toasted him a little too early, but it does look nepotistic here that he got this job because he's Beckham's buddy. And I said earlier, it, I never thought it was a great look that Harvey was announced to the first team squad while they got rid of like what the 17 other players and had not really even acquired anyone else. It just seems like there's, there's, there's a lot of favors going on here and it's not going to work out. And everyone's really going to start to be, aware of that because now the fact that these articles are already coming out you know how these english little media outlets can be and they can just keep going and going and snowballing and then it'll be picked up by the u.s ones and then it's going to create this whole scenario where phil's really going to start to 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 feel the pressure because he's going to start hearing about these articles and those that you know attend the press conferences are going to probably start asking him about this stuff and he's already seems very agitated and um you know, not, uh, not stoic, not, uh, not calm and, and I don't know, not a good look, but, uh, Mo Adams, I think was a little bit, a little more, um, more composed, shall we say in his post game. Yeah. So, you know, Mo was talking about how the game plan was to progress the ball from back to front. Really? Oh, wow. That's, that's really revolutionary thought right there. Dude, let me write this down. I'm going to ship it off to Klopp and Pep and the whole nine yards. I'm going to make a fortune. We're about to get the big time, buddy. Um, I, and then he hit me with another one. It, the, part of the other game plan was to try to find the playmakers to pull the strings and utilize the wingers. Oh, my God. We've been playing this wrong the entire time. I never knew. Um, I don't know. Uh, he went on to say that the failure to score goals – or giving up too many goals was due to a lack of chemistry. Again, really. They're going to focus on the international break to help build chemistry. Uh, you know, the one thing I can agree with Moan, I know you will too, is that the they, they need to be more patient and urgent without just dumping the ball forward. 
there was plenty of times that we can talk back to the beginning of the season where we have runs up the field. We have the space to make the play, but we panic and we just dump it. We, we try to make the immediate play rather than being smart with the ball, you know, and, and not to go off on a tangent, but it's almost like how this team was built. Instead of doing the little things to build up to one big thing, we're just kind of trying to panic real quick and lob it to the front mm-hmm. to get the success rather than having a good foundation of play, you know? Yep. Um, you know, and then Mo came out and he went on to say, and this is pretty stereotypical. I mean, if you watch enough football, you know what he's going to say. The team is pissed off that they haven't performed. The group is good. And they stick together. They will utilize a two-week break to work hard and focus on translating the training ground action to game day action. Then he went on to say, the way you start isn't always the way you finish. It sounds like they carted Mo out there because, honest to God, no one probably wanted to talk to the press after another loss, Mm -hmm. and they knew he wasn't going to say anything controversial or outlandish. It was somebody who was going to backfill and say things just to kind of get out of there. It reminds me of like when anybody loses in the EPL, they go on social media and say, we're sorry. We didn't do well. We're so sorry. Like that, it it just doesn't feel genuine. It feels like they just kind of gave him a script. Like, here you go. These are blanket wide statements. You can say in every single sport, doesn't matter what sport you play. You can say this uh, in anyone. What I want to see, man, I want to see moving forward. I think it should be Phil's post game and then Gonzalez post game because these two are going to start going at each other. Uh, I, I just, I feel it. I feel it coming. I feel like, especially last week with, with how Phil called out Gonzalo and some of that, you know, maybe very fair, but you know, I feel like the players might, you know, start saying some, some things here and there kind of insinuating uh, some things, but you know, that's where we are again. We get a week off. Then we, we get to play, uh, we get a home game again, which will be nice to get back out there with everyone. Uh, but before we do that, let's go ahead and cover these power rankings just real quick, buddy. Cause there's really nothing to say. We are last in the league again. I mean, what do you say? What can you say? That's fair. I think that's well-deserved, honestly. I mean, Honestly, if there was any way to make it so there was a spot above us that was vacant and then <laughs> like us, the incoming that St. would be Lewis, the best. The incoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And then R- someone in like the R- Facebook group flipped the uh, flipped the table. So so Inter-Miami was at the top and then, you know, it, it went, went reverse order. And they're like, yay, see, look, we were winning. Yeah, it's just uh, we're trying to have fun with it over here. But uh, next match again, Houston Dynamo home game. Uh, you know, Houston hasn't been bad, man. They have not been bad. Decent run of form here. Um, but I don't think any, you know, groundbreaking stuff is going to be going to be happening on the, you know, the, this off week. I, I still think this is going to be uh, a, a team we struggle against. And I don't really think that uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to go well, man. I don't really think it's going to go well. Uh, what do you uh, how do you how do you foresee this, man? Two zero, we don't score again. I, I'm gonna, you know, I, I looked into Houston because I'll be honest, I don't watch a lot of Houston's games. I don't really pay attention to them, but I've seen that in when they're able to shift into gear, they seem to be able to like take over a game for a period of time. And knowing our squad, if they do not 
weather that storm, they're just going to shut down a lockout. They're going to be like, here we go again. Um, I don't know. I, I got to stick with it. I'm going to say for the upcoming match against the Houston Dynamo, we are going to go down 2-0. I, I mean, I think that's uh, I think that that's that's probably being generous there. I'm. It could get very very bad. I I just I feel like Darwin Quintero could put in two on his own against us. I'm gonna uh, just for the sake of being different. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three one. I'm gonna go three one. Same as last week. I think we're gonna continue to struggle, and um, unless unless. Unless Marsman comes back, if if Drake's in goal, I'm going to change it to four zero. <laughs> okay. What about CJ? If C- well, let's just let's just give them a three D dynamic here. Okay. If CJ's in goal, I'm going to I'm going to stick with my two nothing only because I have a feeling CJ can do better, and we'll be able to blame it on Russ, not incompetence, because he, he what he's been injured and then he hasn't really got a lot of burns, so. So be it. But again, if Drake starts, it's going to be a four nothing game. We're going to be in some trouble. Uh, if CJ starts, we win two one. <laughs> okay. That makes no okay. sense. If Mars, no, I can't do three. <laughs> I'm going to go three one with Drake. Uh, with uh, now, I'll go two one with Mars, but I'll go one one with the with CJ. I, I don't know. I like the name. It's a swaggy name. I, I'm feeling good about it. But who knows? I mean, we're honestly we're probably going to lose here, so we're probably going to come in same attitude towards it. I think you know we do a pretty good job of staying positive and not absolutely, uh, absolutely crushing the team. But uh, you know they uh, they drew the last one against Colorado. Uh, they won the previous one, uh, I believe it was Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then you know they drew out their very first game, lost the second one to Kansas City. So uh, yeah, man, could be a, could be another bloody what is that a Sunday? What is a second? I don't even know what what day it is anymore. Who cares? Who cares? Let's have some fun with it. What kind of news do we have around the league, buddy? All right, man. Well, hey, two of our Heronitos got called up to the Cuban national team, man. Uh, Modesto Mendez, for some of you might realize, he got some burn during the preseason. And uh, Darren Rays, an attacker, uh, he hasn't really got too much burn with uh, – I'm going to continue to call him Fort Lauderdale CF because I think that sounds better than inner Miami too. Uh, you know, Reyes was an attacker. He got a little bit of burn off the bench. Uh, not a starter, but the big thing is for Men- for Mendez, uh, he has the first team experience. He's continuing to grow into his role. Uh, I still don't rate him above Harden, even though I know Mendez has experience uh, and he won't overtake Mobika. But it's going to be a good learning experience for the kid, and I'm uh, I'm excited for both of them to uh, get some burn out there with the Cuban national team. I agree. I agree. Then uh, you know we already didn't mention it, but DeAndre Led- Yedlin is getting called up for the uh, the World Cup qualifier. So we do hope uh, that he is on the uh, the final squad uh, going into Qatar in the uh, the winter time, not the summertime, because it's going to be hot as hell in the desert uh, in the summertime. But uh, he's going to be playing a pretty pretty pivotal pivotal match that will be tomorrow, which is against the U.S. and Mexico at. Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. So that's going to be a very, very fun game to watch. I'm excited about this, man. And uh, it's going to be a nice little break uh, between uh, the misery that Inter-Miami puts us through. No, can we can we take a pause on that real quick? Why is it a 10 p.m. kickoff? 
uh, because of where Mexico is located, uh, specifically Mexico City. I believe that's more on the specific time zone, if I'm not mistaken. So they're playing at like a 7 o'clock game in that region. That's why we're seeing mm-hmm. uh, a, a 10 o'clock game. So for an old man like me, that's like <laughs> an hour past my bedtime. and Got to do it for and- America, bro. Dude, it's a 3 a.m. wake up. I You can do it for America. I'm not going to be doing that for America. You know, maybe, maybe I don't want to call out. I don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I well, don't want to see. You haven't I mean, told any of your your management that you do this podcast and they listen. <laughs> but just call out. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> call yeah, man. no. I, I honestly, I, I want to stay up so I can see that kid from Hershey uh, put another one up on the board. Shout out to my local boy. My boy. Uh, the LeBron. Yeah, I know the Discord loves when I call him the LeBron James of soccer. Um, but, you know, it, uh, I, I digress. You know, at 10 p.m., whatever, I'm, I'm going to be sleeping in it. I, I'm getting close to getting my AARP card at this point. Anyways, uh, Inter-Miami Dos or Fort Lauderdale CF, uh, they kick off their season uh, the 26th versus Columbus Crew 2 at 6 p.m., at our beautiful Drive Pink Stadium. Uh, rumor has it, Mr. Kington, that if you want to, you can actually go out and support the teams this year. Okay. I was not able <laughs> to find tickets. Well, no, that's a lie. Up here, I found tickets available for the New York City FC2 match against Inter-Miami, okay. but nothing for the Union, nothing for the Red Bull, nothing for anything. I mean, I don't think Red Bull has a team, but... Any, any of the other teams, I wasn't able to find anything for. So, Well, they got a solid but, shot of having a better record than the first team. So, Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go on record right now and say I think that Inter-Miami Dose has a better record than us by, by far. I, I think they'll, they could win the whole thing. I think, I think Harvey Neville is the best Neville in our organization. Whoa, hot take, hot take. I won't I won't say that. I refuse to say that. All right. Everybody's favorite section. It's time for OnlyFans, where we bring you fan questions, hot takes, and banter from Inner Miami Podcast social media. First off is from Liam Wolf in our Discord. The next three games are tough. If we take zero points from these next three, is it time to move on from Phil? Jay? The next three games, the next five games is tough. All of April is tough. April is going to be an absolute slaughter, slaughterhouse. Do we need to restate? We're going against Houston. That's going to be the easiest game probably because the following week we get New England. The following week after that we get Seattle. Then we get Atlanta, and then we get New England again. And then even rolling into May, we get Charlotte. And I know, I just got this feeling they're just going to, it's at Bank of America Stadium. They're going to have 70,000 fans there. They're already better than us on the season. So it's going to be a, a world of pain. But, I mean, even May. I mean, the next two months are going to be pretty, pretty rough. And to answer that, oh, is it time to move on from Phil? No. I'm going to give Phil 17 games into the season. That's the halfway point. But what I do think, real quick, is that it's time to start questioning Phil. And I think the the heat Phil is going to feel is really going to start after this because there's a solid chance we take zero points the entire month. I agree with you to a point. 
my the caveat to this is I think you hit the nail on the head that Christ would have to come in and take the the reins if Phil came in. That's the only way I could see him getting sacked. Because as you know, someone who's seen way too many interim managers in his lifetime and see how poorly it can make the club be run, I, I don't think we'll be doing us any favor if we bring somebody in from the outside just to run us for six to seven months and then But Christ does have a pedigree of being successful at least. He does. He does. No, I'm not saying that. But with the way we're handling our coaching situations, if he does well, do you really think that they would give him the job? <laughs> I mean, if it's, I think they got to go with the better option. This right. is not an attractive coaching job. You know, if so, let's say hold if on. Phil goes, that's a tough, tough sell. So that leads into Bernie from the Discord. Uh, you know, looking at the schedule, we already covered this. If we end up with eight game losing streak, do we sack Phil? However, he also asks you, would we pay him out his contract and pay in a new coach, or should we just stick with him until the sanctions are lifted? I don't think we stick with him until the sanctions are lifted because we're talking about just shy of two years from now. I think if there's a problem, you get him out here, or I mean, hell, relegate him to uh, to MLS. Uh, Next, regulate him to, to enter two and let him coach his son. Please don't do that to the kids. Don't do not do that to the kids. Uh, Bernie also followed up with, and that's why I told you to hold on because I wanted to get to Bernie's question. Fair. Would another coach even want the job? Um, maybe an, maybe a, an outed coach. You know, you know who I saw who would be uh, the perfect man for the job. The man who can rebuild clubs is uh, Mr. Bielsa. I was just gonna say that Bielsa, baby. <laughs> he 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 might be down with it just to to come get some uh, some United States in his life, but uh, I mean it's 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 certainly not going to be attractive. Would they want it? I'm sure a coach on the fringes who was maybe unjustly unjustly fired uh, may want it, may want to give it a shot. But you're still coming in with what looks to be the worst team uh, in the league this season. So tough, tough. Uh, next up from our least favorite scouse himself, Nuka Cola Vendor. Uh, we already touched base on this, but how different would the Cincy game be if Diop was in goal? It'd be different for sure, but by my calculations, we're probably looking at a 2 1 loss instead of a 3 1 loss. I still I, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. I mean, with Marsman, yeah, that's a difference, but uh, you know. Diop is, has had some great games, and he's had some some really poor games, and Drake Calendar has only had poor games. So I still think it's a loss. Maybe subtract one goal. I will go, I would say 1-1, one, one. only yeah. because uh, the two mistakes, especially the last two goals that Calendar gave up, I don't see the experience in Diop allowing that to happen. Like, Calendar ran out into no man's land on the second mm -hmm. one and got absolutely lost. Diop's not going to let that happen. I could be wrong. I've also know I've been critical against Diop. I I just don't. I, I I don't see the experience letting that happen. That was definitely a mistake by Calendar, but I don't think it changes anything. That ball was, went to the into the side netting. Um, I don't I don't think. I mean, I think just his positioning is going to be center or maybe just right of center. I don't think he can dive and make that save, and I'm not even sure. Uh, Diop could, but it, it'd be it'd be better. I think it'd be an improvement from uh, from Calendar, you know, 
But I want to see the the unknown variable. Again, I'm going back to, to CJ Dos Santos. I want to see what he's got. I want to see what the kids got. I think um, while there are skills you can hone as a goalkeeper, it's just kind of one of those talents you, you either have or you don't. You know, it's different than any other position on the pitch. It's just kind of something you're born with the intuition. And then you can hone like some smaller areas around that to really uh, become a well-rounded player. But, you know, I say give the, give, give the unknown a shot. I mean, what do we have to lose here? <laughs> We're already worse than the league. What's one more game? I mean, one more game with Drake Calendar, and you might be doing this as a single a single man podcast yeah, here. Gonna he's gonna, yeah, everybody's going to leave you leave you here. All right, two more questions. First one is because you put me on the spot last week. Everybody wants to know if I truly am an environmentalist, <laughs> if I practice <laughs> yoga or do Pilates. The answer to all of this is I would, no. would love to see you on a yoga mat. Uh, it used to happen when I was playing football. Um, Jay mispronounced the Poconos as the Pekingese yeah, last week. Yeah, which is a dog breed. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. yeah which is a dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I do not do Pilates, nor do I do yoga. I am a power lifter, and I am as immobile as can be. I have a very uh, limited range of motion, and I also do not go out and save trees. I'm not a conservationist. So well, As long as you can sleep with yourself lying to all of our viewers. Sure. I mean, I did I did pretty well for the past week. It was okay. Um, There's no need to go burn <laughs> down the tree in your backyard this week to prove a point, okay? Uh, no, lightning hit that last year, so I think God did that work already. <laughs> uh, God hates the trees the now. Yes, he hates that pine tree. Uh, last question. This is aimed solely at you, Mr. Kington, because you are going to be put through hell. <laughs> B-Griff, our second to last least favorite scouser, <laughs> wants to know what our predictions are for the Inter Miami podcast six aside team. Breaking news: We have a six aside team, and it's going to be a shit show. Yeah, remind me to tell you about the uh, Man City fan I ran into uh, at Publix. But he, to be fair, he's a really old guy, and he'd been he's been through the the pain with him, and he was telling me I played in the uh, the third division way back in the day with him. But yeah, I was I was like, please tell me you're not a scouser, and he lifted, held up his his arm to what looked like a prison style MCFC tattoo on his forearm. But uh, so, yeah, so Southern Legion is having uh, a six verse six tournament this weekend on Saturday. Um, <laughs> we, we kind of jokingly said like, Oh, let's send a, let's send a squad from the pod. So now we got a pod squad going. Right. Um, and then I realized that it's like $300 a team to buy in. And I was like, shit we already committed um and jc the president from southern legion texted me on saturday to to see if i wanted to come um to mickey burns just just being nice and us and, and invite to mickey burns one of the watch uh spots for the club uh this previous weekend uh and i was like hey you know i can't make it to, uh this week but um you know we'll see you next week we're gonna be uh, at the tournament so um i have i ran today ran about two miles today uh, Monday ran about a mile and a half, and uh, let's just say it's the first time I've ran in uh, in a while, a while. So uh, my legs feel heavy, my lungs feel uh, they're getting better. Um, I used to be a smoker, so you know I haven't really been smoking in, in like two or two or three years. I mean, that's probably generous, two years, something like that. So 
Uh, my lungs are certainly in, in better shape, but I'm trying to get myself into a, a, a at least somewhat competitive nature. Now, to be fair, I'm not gonna gonna expose anyone or name any names. We do have uh, a few players on the team that you know are. Uh, you know, they wear, you know, between XL to triple XL shirts and, uh, you know, they're kind of being funny about it. Like, you know, they're going to, they're going to struggle and we're all going to struggle probably, but I uh, do have two buddies of mine who are going to join us who play weekly and are pretty competitive. So we got an outside shot to win one game. I think the best game is going to be the first game because after that, we're all going to be struggling where we've been chatting all night, coming up with our formations um, I forgot who it was. Maybe it was Griff. Maybe it was, it was, it was Nuka. Um, but they're like, you know what? I expect outside curlers just like you in, in pro club. So I'm going to go show them, uh, how I play. Uh, said so I got the, the feet of a Brazilian with the outside shot of Javel McGee. So, uh, going to get to the field a little earlier, try and hone it. If we can win one game, I'll be happy, uh, to say that we've got a shot to win this whole thing. Probably not going to happen. I think there's like 12 teams playing. <laughs> so we're doing this just for the fun of it. I'm sure there's going to be a few, uh, few very competitive teams, but it's going to be a good, good way to get the, uh, the new jerseys, the new inter Miami jerseys, the, the uh, supremely inter jerseys are going to, going to come out for their debut in that game as we rock that. So we'll see it. It's going to be probably very laughable, probably very painful, especially the following day, but we'll see. I mean, I heard Blaze Matweedy's not doing anything if you need a sub. Like, he's just standing around awkwardly putting his thumbs up and like a yeah motion in every photo I see him in. So, um, funny of that, because I was thinking, like, if I score a goal, I'm going to be that guy that busts out the Blaze Matweedy little bird waddle. Uh, for any of our listeners out there, if you happen to be going to this, please live stream this, because <laughs> I need some comedy in my life. And this would be it. I'm going to tell Chloe to not go. Like, I don't even want her to see me. I I might pay Chloe to go now that you say that, <laughs> just so I, she can live stream it for me. Because, you know, she would do that for me, I think. Um, you know, next time, if I'm down there, man, I'll, I'll come show you the vintage side. I'll All come right. down there. I'll get, the, I'll, I'll get the bloody header. But I also got, like, a Roberto Carlos free kick which is not probably going to go anywhere closer than that but it's probably better than what you guys are bringing to the field this year uh for the six aside so there might have been a discussion about if we play like a really good competitive side that we just see how many red cards we can accumulate uh so you know we'll see we got we got some shooters uh, out here in the pod squad uh on behalf of the pod squad southern legion if you are listening to this i apologize in advance <laughs> i had nothing to do with this please accept me when i come back down um but hey that's it for only fans for this week uh you know guys if you want to get your hot takes your fan questions heard reach out to us on the twitter page which is jay at enter m i a podcast or in the discord and or, or Instagram at Enter Miami Podcast. I just had to make sure you had those, you know, situated correctly this this week instead of flip flopping them. You know, got 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 through a little curveball, but uh, no, just you know, from both of us, you know, we appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate uh, all of the supporters groups out there who help you know get our word out there, our takes. Uh, just two guys sitting on the couch, you know helping us get out there. And as we end every episode, 
Vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami. Good outro there, buddy. I like that. I do what I can for the pod. Adios, everyone. <laughs>